You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Thirsty Thursday in Acadiana. Welcome to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. What's up, everybody? Matt Miguez here. The producer extraordinaire, James Mesh, joins me. James, what's going on, man? How's your Thursday? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's a good, it's a good Thursday so far. How about you? Well... I got to go have lunch with the two producer extraordinaires. So I mean, that, that's always a win. That wasn't a bad day. No. It wasn't a bad day. We have a stacked show for you. Uh, we have audio from Brian Kelly's spring press conference opener. We have audio from Matt McMahon's introductory press conference as the new LSU men's basketball coach. The Cajuns lose a heartbreaker in Thibodeau. LSU loses a heartbreaker in the box. We've got some Pelicans. We've got some Saints. And as always, taking your phone calls on the game hotline, 706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on AUS Fiber. So if, if you're looking to listen to two handsome mugs talk about sports for two hours, then I mean you you can you can check it out there. Uh, poll question of the day is on our Twitter page. What is your favorite part of the spring sports season? Is it college baseball? Is it the craziness of the NFL offseason? MLB starting or March Madness and the NBA postseason? So far, fifty percent of you say basketball. Thirty-eight percent say college baseball. 13% say the NFL offseason, and so far nobody has said the MLB. Surprise, surprise. So one thing that I, I, I saw on social media that I just have to address, and James, I'm going to get your opinion on this. Vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate ice cream. One flavor has to go. One has to go. I'd probably just. I'm not a huge fan. Of, I'm not a huge fan of either chocolate or strawberry. Oh really. my god. Those are the two that I would keep. Really? <laughs> Those are the two that I would keep. I I I'm more of a cookies and cream. Well, mint chocolate chip kind of guy. So you see, I don't mind vanilla if you've got, you know, like cookies and cream or chocolate chip cookie dough. But like just plain vanilla by itself, it's so plain. But I usually have the vanilla ice cream to go along with some chocolate syrup or sprinkles or something else. Okay. But yeah. and I only eat like a couple of scoops. It's that's not like, like I'm having a big bowl of just That's like being a fa- that's like being a fan of the original sunflower seeds. Nah, that's just weird. Like it's they're not good. They're not good. They are very bland. And I, I just I don't like to live a bland lifestyle. I don't blame you. That's that's why I usually go with something out of the ordinary. I love Oreos. 
Oof. So that's why I love going with cookies and cream stuff. Oreos. All right. Once again, first spring press conference for LSU head football coach Brian Kelly. He touched on a lot of things. You know, he touched on how he wanted to go into spring practice with competition at every position. He talked about how he's going to split up time for every quarterback to get reps. He talked about Lafayette product, St. Thomas More product, more uh, particularly Jack Besh. He has his players fill out a daily wellness questionnaire. And then he has some thoughts on the O-line. But the first clip that I want to get into with Coach Kelly is when he talks about building the team with competition. As we build this roster, our job, my job, is to build competition at every position. If you don't like competition, this isn't the place for you. I came down here because I love competition. So it starts with me, and it's going to run through every position. If competition is not what you like, then there's another school for you. And so at every position, we're going to build it with competition. If you love to compete, LSU's the place for you. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what it's about. You know, year in and year out, you have to be able to earn your spot. Just because you were a starter for, you know, two years or whatever doesn't mean that you're still the best guy on the roster anymore. Perfect example, the quarterback battle. You know, Miles Brennan might be going into this quarterback battle saying, well, I've been here the longest. Why isn't it my job? Because you got a three-year starter from Arizona State by the name of Jaden Daniels coming in. You got a kid by the name of Garrett Nussmeyer who did some special things last year to, to give himself into that competition. And, oh yeah, Walker Howard the number two quarterback in America a year ago. How does Brian Kelly plan to split up the time so that each quarterback can get a rep? Here he is. Number one question that should be asked is, um, how do you figure this out? Um, It probably was the one area that I spent more time with with Mike and, and Joe than you know, what concept are we putting in in the passing game? We're, we're going to go seniority to start, uh, one through four, first in to last in. And then, you know, the next time it might be uh, last, last in to, to first in. Until we get into a, a rhythm, you know, that allows everybody to get enough reps where you can start to break those out. But you've got to give it enough work, you know, before you can start parceling them out. Speaking of Walker Howard, there is a wide receiver on LSU's roster that might know a thing or two about Walker Howard, and that is STM product Jack Besh, who had a monstrous 2021 season, 43 catches, 489 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, truly broke out as a as a leader in that wide receiver room, and Coach Kelly has kind of already picked up on that leadership ability. He talks about Jack Besh's mindset going into year two 
I'd say first and foremost, his confidence level is his mental, you know, approach to the game is like a senior. He just has, he understands the difference between, you know, a preparation mindset and a performance mindset. Like when he prepares, he knows how to prepare, but when it's time to perform, it's a totally different level. That, that's a rare attribute. And you don't see it a lot. I've seen it in only some high-level NFL guys that have played for me. He just—it's a unique trait that he has. And so talking talking about this LSU team, and with a with a first-year head coach, you kind of want to get to know your players. You kind of want to know where their headspace is, you know, where they're at physically, where they're at mentally, so on and so forth. But a daily wellness questionnaire that's the first i've ever heard here's coach kelly it's really about you know trying to build strong habits you know so this consistency of approach is is one where it's really important to me you know to do it once in a while is not really uh going to affect change it's your consistency of approach it's the constant application that i'm looking at and so filling out this wellness questionnaire is important. Don't get me wrong. Constant application creates great habits, which is what we're looking for on a day-to-day basis. We want our guys to have great habits. Last topic that we're going to mention of, of Brian Kelly's press conference is Westgate product Keishon Butte, who, had, who also had an exceptional season for the Tigers before going down with an injury. 38 catches, 509 yards, and nine touchdowns on the year in 2021. But like I said, he went down with an ankle injury, with a foot injury, had surgery, came back, and then it was discovered that he would need a second surgery. And currently, Kayshawn's in a walking boot. Here's Brian Kelly with an update. We're in the process of building a relationship. I know his last name right now. And I say that only because we're in that process of he's re-engaging. You know, he's been, you know, injured. He's, he's had a second surgery. We're getting more acquainted every day. Look, he's a great player. He's a good kid. But this has been a rough spot for him. And what happens is you tend to get distracted because you're not involved in everything. But... He's learning you got to be involved in everything, whether you're injured or not. And, and that's a process that he's going through, and we're seeing some really good changes. Um, we had a nice conversation in the training room this morning where he's, he's on top of his academics, and he's, he's making good progress. The good part about it is the surgery was successful. He's making good progress. He's in a walking boot right now, and, and that's really the most important thing. The rest of the stuff, we'll work it out between the two of us. I'm not that hard-headed. He's a good player. James, Brian Kelly, 166 and 62 in his career as a head coach. How quickly do you think he makes an impact on this LSU program? I think he'll have a good impact. I don't want to say like he completely takes it over and they win 13 games next year because I've kind of put the bar for me at least when it comes to win total. I'd, I'm looking for nine to start this year because – we see it with Jay Johnson. We, I believe it'll happen with McMahon. I believe it'll happen with Desimo and UL. I, I think new coaches, you need to give them at least a year or two to 
solidify themselves in the program before you can have like a realistic expectation. Right. So with Kelly, I think they'll keep themselves in games, but I don't necessarily know if they'll be able to get themselves over the hump just yet. I think I think nine in total going to a bowl game as well. I think that's real. I think nine wins is realistic. Keep an eye on this. Looking at social media right now, free agent Jarvis Landry has terminated his representation agreement with Demarius Bilbo of Clutch Sports. Oh, interesting. What do you think that's about? Maybe he's maybe. I'm not sure because I did see there were some interest. Teams were interested in Jarvis, including the Browns. But one of the teams that I saw recently was not the Saints. Hmm. Also of note, the Denver Broncos stadium at Mile High is currently on fire. Oh. Uh, so, so we'll keep an eye on that. And then an, another breaking news tweet coming in from Billy Embody. LSU guard Xavier Pinson has entered the NCAA transfer portal. Pinson racked up 9.8 points, 2.4 rebounds, and 4.8 assists per game for the Tigers in 2022. I think McMahon, I think McMahon there's definitely a possibility he could try and bring him back. For but, sure. For but, sure. But even, even if Pinson stayed, or if he does leave, they got to look heavy into that portal. And look heavy into scouting for guards because yep. that's one thing. That's one of the things that LSU was lacking this year. And and a kid transferring with a new coach—that's to be expected. That, yeah, that happens every time. It, um, so yeah, McMahon's just gonna have to try and convince Xavier Pinson to return. But if not, you know, next man up, find somebody else. And I expect like maybe one or two guys from. Murray State to come over. Yeah, I, I expect one of hey, at least one of those to happen. That uh, what's that kid's name? Last name's Hannibal, I think. He was he had a big uh, he had a big run for them in the tournament, but if he can pull that kid to Baton Rouge, that could be uh, that could be very. Very interesting. Yeah, Trey Hannibal. He's a sophomore. He transferred to Murray State from South Carolina, and uh, he had a he had a big tournament. Justice Hill as well. So, yeah, there's and then there was another guy, Jordan Skipper Brown, but he's a senior, so obviously you're not gonna get him to transfer. But I don't know something something definitely to. Uh, to look at. Speaking of Matt McMahon, we're going to listen to him here in this next segment. We're going to take a time out, and when we come back, we'll bring you the audio from Matt McMahon's introductory press conference as the 25th head coach of LSU men's basketball. Don't go anywhere. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Do you want to see some of the most elite dunkers and exceptional ball handlers on the planet? The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome on Tuesday, April 5th, and you can see them live. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is giving you a four-pack of tickets to the family-friendly show. How do you win exactly? Simply just text TROTTER, T-R-O-T-T-E-R, to 68683 to win a ticket to see the Globetrotters. Once again, text TROTTER to 68683. To win a family four-pack of tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters live at the Cajun Dome, courtesy of South Louisiana Sports Station. Oh man, the Globetrotters. We're sending you to the Globetrotters. We're sending you to the Astros. Hang out. Man, we nice we nice people over here, man. Let me tell you. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We've talked about Matt McMahon a lot. Over the last couple of days. Yesterday was his introductory press conference in Baton Rouge. He spoke about a, a lot of things. Uh, you know, he spoke about if the staff was going to be the same or was he going to bring in all new coaches, how he invests time with his players, his career record isn't necessarily why he coaches. And if he's concerned about the sanctions that are, without a doubt, incoming. The first thought that I want to get into, and I know this might sound like, you know, we're going in sequential order, but let's start with his opening. Uh, This is truly an incredibly special and a historic day for me and my family. This is an unbelievable honor uh, to have the privilege to stand here today as the head basketball coach at LSU. I'd like to, I have a long list of thank yous. We'd be here for for hours if I named everybody, but I'd love to start uh, with President Tate. Uh, Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your kind words, and I look forward to seeing you on the court. Uh, To Remy Starnes, call us Temple and the LSU Board of Supervisors, thank you for this opportunity. Scott Woodward and Stephanie Rimp have been terrific through this process, and I'm very thankful to them. And then I would love to introduce my family. My wife, Mary, is here. She's the best player in the family, had a great career at Furman. Our oldest daughter, Maris, our son, Mason, and our youngest daughter, Mabry, and they are all in. They will love being a part of the LSU community and can't wait to get started. So first off, you think the man likes M's? Matt McMahon. And his children's names are Maris, Mason, and Mavery. Mavery. The man took Avery and added an M to it. What a goat. And now, you know, we, we just mentioned Xavier Pinson transferring and how that's something to be expected when you have coaching change. 
but he would McMahon was asked, how do you keep the players that are already here to stay? Oh, it's top priority. Hit the ground running from the second I got the job. So uh, I think that's very important. It's all about getting the right people on the bus, and we're going to work to establish those relationships. I don't expect someone to walk in and shake my hand in 30 seconds and have trust established, but we're going to work to do that. I'm going to lay out a vision for how we're going to run our program and how it's going to benefit these young men on and off the basketball court. I have great confidence in that. So I want people who want to be here. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be here. And that's how we're going to build it. So I think that's a critical piece. Roster management, who you hire on your coaching staff, are are my two biggest priorities, with number three being, and I've already gotten to do a lot of this, meeting great people here. Phone lines are open, 706-0111, if you want to chime in on the Matt McMahon situation. And again, you know, another thing with coaching staffs, is when a, when a new head coach is brought in, do the current assistants get to stay? So a question for Matt McMahon was, will the staff be some of the same coaches, or is it going to be a complete overhaul? Oh, we definitely have been besieged with texts and emails. You know, everybody wants to come to LSU. As I said, it's one of the great places in, in all of college sports. So uh, I'm going to put together the best staff. That not necessarily because of the name on where the front of their jersey was. I'm going to get transformative people on my staff who are going to impact our young people. I, I know, you know every coach comes to these press conferences and says, we're going to win national champ, we're going to win. We're gonna... Everyone wants to win. It's about the processes of how you go about doing that on a daily basis. And so I'm going to have great people in our organization who are going to invest in our players and help them maximize their opportunities here at LSU to get a world-class education, to play in the best league in America, and to compete at the very highest level. We've developed pros in the NBA, the G League, the Euro League uh, for many years, and we're going to recruit the very best here at LSU. So back to the staff, it'll be a mixture of everything. And, you know, with LSU basketball, the main topic of conversation over you know, the last several weeks is Will Wade was fired with cause – due to numerous allegations from the NCAA. And a lot of those sanctions are going to come down on the university itself, on the men's basketball program. Part of the reason why Matt McMahon was signed to a seven-year contract. They wanted to give him time after the sanctions were delivered to build a winning product. So uh, yesterday at the introductory press conference, he was asked if he had any concerns with the sanctions that are incoming. This is LSU, one of the great brands in all the sports. This is the SEC. We've built a program with elite players, and we're going to continue to do that here at LSU. I'm excited to move the program forward, and we're going to build it with great players, great people, and everyone in our organization. And so no concerns there at all. I'm excited about this opportunity of a lifetime, and we're ready to roll. Don't forget to take on our poll question of the day. What's your favorite part of spring sports? Is it college baseball? Is it the NFL offseason? Is it pro baseball? Or is it basketball? 
you know, March Madness. You got four Sweet 16 games tonight, four tomorrow. And you know what's awesome about 1037 the game? We're bringing you all four games tonight. We're going to start with Gonzaga and Arkansas as soon as we get off the air here. And they're going to keep you up to date on Westwood 1 with the other three contests of the night. Going to be a lot of fun. Phone lines are open, 706-0111. Let's take a timeout right here, and when we return, the legendary voice of the Cajuns, Mr. Jay Walker, joins us to talk about last night's game in Thibodeau and why this weekend series with South Alabama beyond the rivalry is so important. 103.7 The Game, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Keep your bracket going strong right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers $150 instant bonus guaranteed. That's right, you'll get $150 in bonus site credit, and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more, and how you bet is just completely up to you. You can choose between the money line, the totals, the prop bets, and so much more. Right now, St. Peter's is my newest Cinderella since Loyola Chicago is out, so I'm rooting for them to win it all. So go Peacocks. Not to mention, I'm still expecting Houston to at least get to the Final Four and knock out Arizona tomorrow night. Join FanDuel today with promo code KLWB. Then you can place your bet of $5 or more to score $150 in bonus side credit. Guaranteed. That's promo code KLWB in the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You must be 21 or older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and would like some help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time. With me, guys, and Mesh right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Jay Walker is a very busy man. Uh, we weren't able to get a hold of him. Have no fear, though. Miguez and the Meshinator will... Uh, We'll take care of you. Phone lines are open. 706-0111. You want to talk about the Cajuns game last night over Nichols State as they fell 6-5 to five to the Colonels. Colonels scoring three in the first, one in the third, eighth, and ninth. Ten base hits for Nichols. Louisiana getting one in the second, one in the sixth, one in the eighth and two in the ninth. Only four base hits for Louisiana. What happened in this game is Louisiana was down early. Cajun slowly fought their way back. It was 4-2 going into the eighth. You score a run to make it 4-3. Nichols adds one as well to make it 5-3. And then you scored the you scored two in the top half of the ninth to tie it up. Which is one thing the Cajuns have struggled with all season was getting timely hits and runs when they needed them. But then in the bottom of the ninth, you walk a batter, you hit a batter, 
guy reaches on a fielding error, and then you he gets a next batter gets a fielder's choice to the shortstop to win the game. So it's one of those situations where if you finally get that timely hit and timely run to put yourself back in a scenario to win, you can't give it up that easily. Because Nichols didn't beat you in the bottom of the ninth. You beat yourself. With the loss, Cajuns improve Cajuns fall to nine and eleven, while Nichols improves to ten and nine on the year. Let's go to the game hotline. T joins the conversation. What's going on, man? All right, and you, buddy. I'm doing well. Good. Uh I got a question for Eminem. Um if someone transfers from LSU quarterback wise or well my question is do you think somebody will transfer and if so who would be the first one I'll hang up and listen enjoy the show transfer between now and the beginning of the year Yeah Yeah after spring ball or I I don't see that happening not one? No, I, I don't see that happening. Um, it, it's very rare that you hear of a guy transferring between spring ball and September. Okay. I mean, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Con- Coach Kelly uh, names uh, so-and-so the starter, you know, after spring ball, he's seen enough, what, what you think happens then. If if that's the case, then you might see a guy. But usually head coaches won't announce their starter till about two weeks before the season. All right. And if well, that's the you. case, I mean, you're not going to have time to transfer before the season gets underway. Got you. Enjoy the show. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for the call, man. But, yeah, in, that, again, if, if somebody would – if you would get an announcement in May that, you know, hypothetically, Jaden Daniels is going to be the starter, then yeah, I mean, you might see a, a Garrett Nussmeyer transfer. But again, most coaches are going to keep that very close to the vest. We're going to go back to the game hotline now. The Jaybird, Jay Walker. Has has decided to join us, Jay. Good afternoon, Bud. How are you? I, I'm doing fine. Sorry, I'm late. Uh, I mean, I, I I wouldn't expect anything less from from a man that's that's incredibly busy like you. Well, I'm not going to tell you what I was doing then because I certainly don't want to ruin that vision that you have. Oh Jesus! All right. So Jay, I, I kind of broke it down a little bit. Well, let's talk about the game last night. Cajuns give up three in the first slowly climb their way back, tie the game in the ninth, and then let it slip away in the bottom half. What happened? Well, you know, first of all, you only had like two hits through seven innings, uh, and that was a couple of solo home runs. I, um, you know, Peyton Havard got too much of the plate in the first inning, gave up three. But I do want to say this. The thing that I was encouraged about was the performance of Drew Shiflett because he looked like – 
the, the Friday night guy that we thought we were going to see that we really hadn't seen this year. Um, he just dominated for almost five innings, and that allowed the Cajuns to, to get back into the game. But, you know, they really had a chance to take the lead in the ninth. They had um, runner at third base and, and one out, and uh, you get a strikeout and a pop-up to, uh, to end the inning. And then, you know, in the bottom of the ninth, you know, you, you get ahead of a guy and you hit him. Then you walk the next guy. And, um, you know, then you kick a ground ball. Well, you know, when you do things like that, you're going to get beat. And they got beat. Chatting with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raiden Cajuns. So now, you know, losing a game against Nichols where more hung in the balance than previous years due to Seth Thibodeau now being on Louisiana's staff. Let's transition to this weekend and let's look at the the series with South Alabama. You know, it, it doesn't take it doesn't take much to see that the Cajuns and the Jags have a baseball rivalry that goes back 30 years. Uh, but now with the Cajuns really needing some wins to get back on track, how important does this series become? Well, the, the, the series would have been important regardless. You know, the, the thing that and, – and Coach Deggs talked about it before the game last night, and this is something to kind of keep in mind when you try to put things in perspective – the Cajuns going into yesterday were minus 43 in gifts. And gifts are walks, hit batsmen, and errors. Minus 43 through the first uh, 19 games. Now, that's two plus per game. They probably would have five more wins if they would have half of that. So, that kind of puts things in perspective. Now, you bring up South Alabama, and I'm just here to tell you that I don't care if Texas State is ranked, and I don't care if Georgia Southern's got a top 15 RPI. South Alabama is, without question, the best team in the Sun Belt Conference because they're the total package. They can pitch, they can swing it, and they play great defense. They, um, you know, they gave up. 13 runs the other night to Auburn, and that finally got their team ERA over three as a team. They've got three elite weekend arms. Miles Smith is probably the best arm in the league. Cajuns will see him tomorrow night. So what South Alabama is going to make you do is they're going to make you try to play an imperfect game perfectly. Because if you make a mistake against South Alabama, they can take a no-run inning and make it a two-run inning, or they can take a two-run inning and make it a five-run inning. So you have to go out, and you can't walk people. You can't hit people. You can't kick the ball around. If you do those things, you cannot win against South Alabama. Now, if you go out and you play, for instance, the type of baseball that we've seen the Cajuns play at times this year, where they've fielded the ball well and they haven't walked people, then the Cajuns are going to have a chance to be competitive and maybe get a game or two. But if they go out and they kick the ball and they make errors and they, and they hit people and they walk people, it, it's not going to be a pretty weekend because this is a very good team that's coming into Russo Park 
frankly, I think it's the best team that the Cajuns have played in Russo Park this year. Uh, and the only thing, uh, the only team I can think of that's probably better than South Alabama is Arkansas. This is a very good team that's coming in, and uh, you got to strap it on and be ready. Yeah, no, no question about it, Jay. One one comment that I heard last night in the post game was from pitching coach Seth Thibodeau, and he mentioned that this team needs to learn how to win. What do you I think, agree. What do you think he meant by that? Well, I think what he meant by that is, you know, look at look at what's happened the last few games. You know, you've got a three to one lead in the eighth inning against Troy, and you give up three solo homers. You know, you come back from the dead and you find a way to tie a game last night, and then you hit a guy, you walk a guy, and you kick a ground ball. You know, you got to learn how to put people away when you have them. You know, if you're if you're leading after the sixth inning, you're supposed to win. And if you're leading after the seventh and eighth inning, you're really supposed to win. But that is that is just a mindset of closing folks out. And one thing I've learned in covering, you know, the Cajuns and in, in, in sports for a very long time is stuff snowballs on you. You know, it, it's almost like you go out there and you start waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think that's kind of that, that's kind of where they are right now. And the only way to get through that is to develop the mindset of we are not going to let adversity beat us. And how do you do that? Hey, you know, if I if I knew that, I'd be a baseball coach, but I but I don't and I'm not. But I think that's what he was referring to. You know, you got to You've got to put people away when you got a chance to put people away and quit waiting for something bad to happen. Jay, do you think Tommy Ray gets to the start tomorrow night? You think no, they shy away from that? He's already announced Brandon Talley will start tomorrow night. Uh, they are TBA on Saturday with Jeff Wilson on Sunday. So Talley tomorrow, TBA Saturday, and Wilson Sunday. Okay, interesting. Not surprising, though, Matt. Not surprising. Why, why, do you, um, why do you say that? Because Tally hasn't started a Friday night well, all year. Well, you know, Tommy Ray has, and he hasn't been a Friday night guy, okay? You know, you got to have a Friday night guy that can go out, throw strikes, um, not give up gopher balls, and, and, and make it hard. Right now, the, the, the one guy that they've got that fits that bill is Tally. You know, they've had Ray at Friday night, and it hadn't worked. He's given up too many long balls. He's given up in too many big innings, and he's pitched himself out of the Friday night job for now. And so, no, Tally hasn't started a Friday night game. But Tally throws strikes. Tally's a tough mindset. Tally's a senior. I'm going to take him. Interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow night at the Teague, 2 o'clock on Saturday, and 1 o'clock on Sunday Jay Bird, appreciate you taking the time, man, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow night at Russo Park. Hey, man, thanks so much. Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. Take a time out when we come back. Take your phone calls. We'll talk a little bit of NFL news, and we'll get you set up for hour number two. Crunch time. We'll meet you guys in mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
from the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot and a burner, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. So sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. You know, I, I saw an article today, and it's from GQ. And it is about former Raging Cajuns running back Elijah Mitchell, who had just has a had a breakout season in the NFL. And the it's a GQ series titled My First Million. I watch that series sometimes. I saw that with uh, like Justin Jefferson and Tyler Hero. Elijah Mitchell was on there this morning, and he talked about how he spent his first his first million in the league. And um, you know, some uh, I, I I get it. You know, you, you get some money, you want to splurge a little bit. Like I'm for it, right? But some of the stuff that guys spend their money on, I just don't get it. So his first house in, he he bought a house in Erath for his parents. Okay, three hundred thousand. Spent a hundred grand on a Mercedes. Paid ten grand to a financial advisor. Bought a twenty thousand dollar chain. 15 grand on an engagement ring. He put 100,000 away for future family vacations. Good on him. He spent 50 grand taking his buddies out to in LA. He spent 50 grand on tattoos. And he spent 50 he donated 50 grand to Erath High School. You want to know where the other $300,000 came from, James? Yeah, 300 k gifts for kids. Gifts for his children! $300,000! I didn't even know Elijah was a father. Oh, man. Yeah, he's, he has three kids. hundred k for each of them. Let's go. He has three kids. Nice. And, again, you know, if you're making money, spoil your kids. Go for it. I don't care. But, like... Oh man, I just three hundred thousand. Like, what what gifts are you buying your children that are a hundred thousand dollars a child? <laughs> I'm not a father, so I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe there's some you know twenty thousand dollar Barbie somewhere. I don't know. One of a kind Barbie, God, limited man. edition. Let's take a look at our poll question of the day. Favorite part of the spring season so far? Forty seven percent. Say college baseball, 23 say the NFL offseason, 31 say March Madness, 
and still MLB at zero. Zero. Got a comment from John Paul Cajun Daddy. Loving the Twitter name, by the way. NFL is always on the top, even off-season football. All else is just a sideshow trying to get attention while waiting for the big show to start up again. You're halfway right. NFL is most important, but everything else being a sideshow, March Madness isn't a sideshow. Come on, man. Hour number one of the books. Hour number two on the other side of this break. Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights joins us. Got some Zion Williamson to talk here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two, crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Let's talk some Pelicans. Got a big game tonight against the Chicago Bulls. And here to break it down is Ali Cassell, editor of The Bird Rights. Ali, good afternoon, my man. How are you? How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. I'm here at the game already at the arena. And uh, hoping to see some good basketball. This is an important homestand these guys have coming up, right? Three games, if they do well, they pretty much almost cement the play-in tournament for themselves. Yeah, you know, the the play-in tournament is is an interesting dynamic because, you know, for so long it's been the the one through eight get into the playoffs, right? But now it's one through Mm -hmm. six with seven through ten being in a a play-in tournament. Real quick, you know, Walk our listeners through how that how the play-in tournament is, is going to be set up. Okay, so it, it was different in past years, but for this season, it's going to be where the 7 and the 8 seed will play a game, and then a 9 and 10. The winner of the 7 and 8 automatically gets the 7th seed in the playoffs. The loser of the 8th will play the winner of 9, the winner of 9 and 10, right? So say the, obviously the Pelicans are going to be either 9th or 10th, so they'll have to beat... Most likely, it's looking like the Lakers, if uh, the standings are made the same. And then they will have to face one of, like I said, in the next playing tournament round. Um, I don't have the standings right in front of me, but it, it should be either the Clippers or um, Denver, as, as it stands, I believe. So it's only one game. Yeah, it's one game, but for the Pelicans, I have to play two to get the playoffs, right? Right. So that, now I have to beat the Lakers, then they would have to play the loser, right, of that 7-8 game. And then if they were to beat, win that game, then they would get the AC, right? So two wins, you're in the, the real playoffs. So let's talk about tonight's matchup with the Bulls. You know, the Bulls are, are having a pretty solid season, second in their division. And DeMar DeRozan has kind of been the driving force for them. However, he's going to be out tonight with an injury. How does that, you know, obviously – this this might sound like an obvious question, but how does that play into the Pelicans' advantage? No, I mean, it's a, it's a very good question because most people just think, look, you're missing all of a sudden his 27.6 points per game. Um, and, and he's in the MVP dark horse, so he's been playing fantastic. But this is where I think it really helps the Pelicans, that suddenly now Herb Jones, he's going to be able to take away their other wing scorer out there, which is going to be Zach Levine. Had DeRozan played, then... 
Willie Green would have had a choice. Do I try and shut down Zach Levine with Herb or Grafter DeRozan? And, of course, there would have been a huge challenge for another Pelican to guard one of those star players for the Bulls. But now they don't have that issue. So it really, really helps the Pelicans defensively. Um, and it really sets up well for Willie Green to really play the rotations to where, you know, he's going to be able to basically punish, right, Zach Levine with Herb and then play his typical defense, which is that hounding defense and trying to get in the open court by creating, you know, a lot of havoc, a lot of steals, a lot of blocks and such. So I think this is a great opportunity for the Pelicans to grab a win over what is a good team. You guys are right to mention that, right? They're 42 and 30, even though they haven't been playing well of late. They're still headed for the Eastern Conference playoffs. Chatting with Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights. CJ McCollum averaging a little over 26 points per game. Brandon Ingram coming in at 23. And then Jonas Valanciunas has been a double-double machine starting every game this season, averaging 18.1 points and 11.5 boards per game. But tonight, more than likely, he's, he's listed as probable. But you could get Larry Nance Jr., into that fold, what does he add to a to a surging Pelicans team? Oh, he, he once he gets his legs under him, I think the fans will really get to like him because he's similar to the effort that Josh Hart used to provide, but he plays bigger guys, right? So he plays at positions usually at the four and the five, sometimes at the three, but he gives you the you know that defensive versatility. The guy who's intelligent knows how to play passing lanes as well as his own man. His hands are fantastic. You know, his last season with the Cavaliers, he led the league in deflections for bigs as well as steal rates. And he's one of the best passing bigs out there as well, and he can hit you an outside shot. So he's the guy who doesn't command the ball, but he can do all these winning type of things on the court for you. You know, he's the type of guy you need and want to surround stars with. And I think he's going to fit like a glove on this team. Because even Willie Green's already talked about it. Having Larry Nance back is going to help keep Jackson at the four, which is by far his best position. And they'll be able to even run that much more because the Pelicans want to get up and down the court. And you can't really do that once Valanciunas in the game, and you can't really do it by playing Jackson at the five because it just doesn't work defensively. But now, all that should work with Larry Nance coming back. You bring up, um, you brought up head, head coach Willie Green in his first year. What are your, what are your thoughts with you know twelve thirteen games remaining in the season? How did how is year one gone? Has it gone according to the Pelicans' expectations? Well, I know that everybody wanted to see more wins, right? It, that disappointing start really was something nobody expected, even though, you know, Zion was out and there were some other injuries as well to contend with. But as far as just from evaluating the head coach, Willie Green's first year, he's been fantastic, guys. I mean, I don't think I have to tell those that really follow this team closely, but for those that don't, don't look at the record. He's a guy that has instantly brought credibility to the Pelicans organization and within the players. That was something that didn't happen last year under Stan Van Gundy. But with Willie, every single player will basically give every last effort in their bodies in doing whatever he asks out there on the court. And that's rare, right, especially for a rookie head coach. So Willie Green's able to get the best out of his players, and he's also at the same time building up this culture that we've wanted to see here in New Orleans for the longest time, right, where it's a respected locker room, where winning matters, where effort matters. And, all these little things you've got to get players to do in order to build a successful franchise. They weren't able to do it under Alvin Gentry, and they certainly couldn't do it under Stan Van Gundy, but those things are already happening and in motion this year. So, like I said, don't look at the record. Look at what Willie Green's already done for this group and for this city. He's, he's brought a guy, uh, 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 he's become a leader of men and 
you just feel comfortable that he's going to be here for a long time because Brandon Ingram's connected with him. Zion Williamson supposedly talks to him and likes him. And then everybody up and down, 3 through 13 on the rest of the roster, has nothing but accolades for the coach. So he's been a perfect hire, guys. And what's been kind of a rough season, if you look at it, like I said, from a record standpoint, there's no qualms at all about the hire that David Griffin made at head coach. Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights, you, you, you brought up a name that, that we're going to have to dive into, and it's Zion Williamson. Uh, he has been cleared over the last couple of days for one-on-one competition, and you posted some footage of, of him working out, so you got to see it firsthand. Ali, how does Zion look? You know, I'll tell you what, from a physical conditioning standpoint, I think it looks great. This is the best he's looked easily since uh, last season when he's actually playing regular season games. You know, he came in the media day, obviously heavier to the naked eye, and we don't know exactly what happened over the summer, but, of course, he ended up breaking that fifth metatarsal uh, bone in his foot, and you don't know whether it's because he was out of shape or what, but now it looks like that condition's really under control, and his movements on the court look pretty darn good because outside of that video that went viral, where he posted that three-second dunk on his Instagram story. Us seeing him in practice, you know, he's showing that burst in some moments uh, to where, that's hey, that's the guy that we remember when he was fully healthy and playing for New Orleans. So it's there, and he's getting, it seems to be getting close, but from what we understand, he's still, his foot, not 100% healed. So for all those people that are going out there, whether it's from national media to, you know, just the common person on social media, you've got to understand that if he's not 100% healthy, he would pose a risk, you know, right to not only this season, but perhaps next season. So there's no reason to rush him back. He's got to make sure that that foot is healed first. And, of course, you've got to meet all those conditioning, that ramping up period, right? There's only 18 days left in this regular season. And for him to go from one-on-one to playing in a game just seems so unlikely. That would be too much of a rush job. When they, You've got to treat Zion Williamson with more, you know, closer to kids' gloves. Yeah, no, no question about it, Ollie. One more question for you, man, and I'll I'll let you get prepared for tonight's game. Looking to the future, you know, you, you mentioned Zion Williamson coming back healthy. You've you've got C.J. McCollum for for a few more years. From a free agency standpoint, and even a drafting standpoint, what do you see the Pelicans doing this offseason? They're not going to have to do much. And look, first of all, they they're going to have thirteen. 13- uh, players under contract. It'll probably be 14 once they sign Jose Alvarado. Everybody's expecting for that to happen before this regular season ends. But because of that, you suddenly have, like I said, everybody already on the books. Unless, of course, you want to move a couple in the trade. And I'll tell you right now, they're awfully happy with pretty much darn near everybody on this roster. The one thing that I think may be still a weak link is, of course, that guard. And, you know, Devontae Graham, he hasn't really shown to be the type of player that I think the Pelicans thought they were getting. I mean, he, first and foremost, he's supposed to be a really good knockdown shooter when he's open. And he's been struggling now for close to two to two and a half months. And, you know, if he's not giving you that scoring, then suddenly he's almost a liability on the court. So they're, they're, you think that that position could be shored up because the Pelicans, they also need to add a little bit more shooting overall. Yeah. So I don't expect for them to keep their draft pick. Look, they've got enough young guys on this roster that they really like, like, say, Trey Murphy, perhaps even so Kyra Lewis. But you need some more veterans, and especially guys that can hit the outside shot. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's where they look this offseason, perhaps involving Devontae Graham and maybe Garrett Temple 
and a few other those lesser contracts in a move. Big homestand this weekend at home tonight against Chicago, Saturday against the Spurs, and Sunday against the Lakers. Ali Castell of the Bird Rights has been our guest. Ali, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Enjoy the game tonight, and hopefully we can see the Pels fight for a playoff spot. Absolutely. This is going to be fun, guys. And I hope everybody pays attention because this weekend, those games are going to feel like playoff atmosphere. Spurs and Lakers. Fantastic. Ollie, appreciate you taking the time, man. Definitely. Thank you. Take care. And there he goes, Ollie Cassell of The Bird Rights. Take a timeout. We come back. We'll take a look at the poll question again. Open phone lines for the rest of the show. That means we want to hear from you. You got a topic? Let us hear it. You, you, you mad at James for something? Let him hear it. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 24th, 2002. Craig Perks of New Zealand chips in twice on the final three holes for his only PGA Tour career win winning the PGA Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. Perks beat Stephen Ames by two strokes. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Our Twitter poll question of the day. Favorite part of the spring sports season. 43% say college baseball. 29% say NBA and March Madness. 21% say the NFL offseason. And 7% say the MLB. 7%. Nobody likes the MLB. Unless you're an Astros fan, which I am, so it's okay. James, what would you pick? I voted for the NFL offseason. And why is that? Because for me, I've always been more of a football and NFL fan than anything else. Speaking of the NFL offseason, interesting twist today. Marquez Valdez-Scantling signing a three-year, $36 million deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. That is obviously to replace Tyreek Hill. But this is where it does get interesting. Sources, this is a tweet from Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. Sources say the New Orleans Saints were in heavy pursuit of Marquez Valdez-Scantling with a two-year deal. New Orleans was presumed to be the favorite until Kansas City stepped up in the final hour with big three-year money. Packers were also in consideration with a one-year deal to bring back the wide receiver. I was going to say, I thought the Packers would have been more, put in more of an effort than than the Saints would have since you already lost Devontae. Try to bring back as much as you can. Yeah. But one-year deal? Really? I would I would have thought they would have been the favorites. And it was interesting because right before that, I had seen that the Chiefs were 50-50 on whether they want to go for Scantling or not. Yeah. You know, New Orleans is going to have to do something on the receiver front because, and we, we've talked about this already, after Michael Thomas, you don't have much. You don't. And so if you don't do something soon, you're going to miss out on top talent. Quick updates from the Pelicans. According to head coach Willie Green, Brandon Ingram is out tonight. He hopes to get him back soon. 
wouldn't commit to Ingram returning on Saturday or Sunday, but sounded optimistic that it wouldn't be much longer before he returns. And also, we were just talking to Ali Cassell. According to Willie Green, Larry Nance Jr. is available. No longer probable. He will be available for tonight's game against the Bulls. Larry Nance making his season debut for the Pelicans. James, March Madness. You want to finish up our conversation from yesterday? Do the last four games? Yeah. Do the four games that are going to be tomorrow? Yeah, we're doing. We got the East and the Midwest, right? East and the Midwest, yeah. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember if we went left to right or up down. Yeah, all right. Kansas and Providence. So Providence won the Big East regular season and has gotten two wins so far in the tournament beating South Dakota State, who was the top three-point shooting team in the country. And then they took down Richmond in a blowout game. But then you have Kansas, who's, well, Kansas. What, what more do I have to say? Who you got? Could we see another big team fall really early? Well, it's not early at this point, but could we see another number one or two seed fall before we get to even the Elite Eight? I'm not sure. I'm going to go with Kansas since I know the history I, with the team. I don't, I don't know how you don't. That's what I'm saying. I know I know they beat South Dakota State. They beat the best three-point shooting team, and they took down Richmond, and they blew them out. But, I mean, like I've, I mean, Kansas is a different beast. Like I've said on here numerous times, I'm all for the upsets. If Providence wants to beat Kansas, I'm here for it. If I'm putting my money on it, Kansas. No, 100%. It's Kansas. Now, here's a game that's interesting. A Sweet 16 matchup with a 10 seed and an 11 seed. Iowa State and Miami. Nobody thought Iowa State would get here. First of all, they beat LSU. Understandable. They just fired their coach, blah, 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 whatever. But then they beat Wisconsin. And then Miami beats USC in their seven in their first round matchup and then beats Auburn. Auburn was a team that a lot of people were picking to win the whole damn thing. Auburn's got Jabari Smith, which some people think is going to be the number one overall draft pick. So now you got two teams with some chips on their shoulder. I mean, dude, Iowa State. You want you know what their record was a year ago? They only had two wins. Two and twenty-two. And now first year head coach TJ Otzelberger has them in the sweet sixteen. Who you got? Man, Iowa State has a very good chance of winning this if they can hold Miami under 60 because that's what they've been doing this whole season. They've been holding people to low scores. Mm -hmm. And they don't don't score a lot themselves. No, because I was watching part of that Wisconsin game against Iowa State, and they were forcing tough shots. They weren't putting in a lot, but they kept themselves in it the whole time. And that first half was very slow when it came to scoring. They They have to do that again with Miami to keep themselves in it hold them under 60 again, but 
I think Miami's ultimately going to win this, in my opinion. I think I think they they took down the number two Auburn after taking down USC. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami was able to pull it off. But, man, I, I think Iowa State might just have too much confidence right now. I think they're going to ride that confidence at least into the Elite Eight. God, would you could you imagine if we saw an 11 seed in the Final Four? When's the last time that happened? There aren't too many of those. Let's see. Let's see when the last time that happened was. North Carolina and UCLA. An 8 seed and a 4 seed. Now, North Carolina is not your typical North Carolina team, right? I don't believe they're your typical eight seed either. They're not your typical eight seed. Because they're very low for what you expect them to be. Agreed. They're not your typical eight seed. UCLA, in my opinion, I think they're better than a four seed. Because keep in mind... UCLA was a Final Four team last year. However, Brady Manick playing for North Carolina and the way that they were able to beat Baylor, the defending national champions, I've got the Tar Heels. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to take UCLA. Speaking of which, we talked about 11 seeds. Apparently, I don't pay too much attention. When was the last time an 11 seed made the Final Four? Last year. Last year. <laughs> UCLA. Uh, yeah, there it is. Before that, Loyola Chicago in 2018. I, I didn't know if – I couldn't remember if Loyola made it all the way to the Final Four. They did make it to the Final Four. I, I, I thought they had at least made it to the Elite Eight. I couldn't remember if they got Before that was 2011, VCU. VCU. That was when Shaka Smart was their coach. After Shaka took, left VCU and went to Texas, that was when Will Wade took over at VCU – and then LSU hired him from VCU. Before that, George Mason in 2006. LSU, that was the last time LSU made the Final Four. And then you got to go all the way back to 1986 for the first 11 seed to ever make the Final Four. And it was LSU. Your last Sweet 16 matchup tomorrow night. A 3 and a 15 Purdue and St. Peter's. Here's my question. St. Peter's has had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. They took down a two. They took down a seven in Murray State. That second one, pretty convincingly, might I add. But at some point, the clock's going to strike midnight on Cinderella. And as much as I hate to say it, I think it's going to be tomorrow night. The smart, the smart pick is definitely Purdue. Definitely. If if you want to make an easy, safe bet, James is saying that because he's not about to say that he's not about to make the smart pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm not feeling super confident. I'm rooting for St. Peter's. I believe Purdue's going to win. Well, America's rooting yeah. for St. Peter's. Well, yeah, no doubt. But if, I, if I'm if i going to throw a little small bet on there, I'm going to go with St. Peter's. I'm just going to throw it out there. Put put like 3 or $5 on it. That way 
if you do get it, you get a huge payout. Yeah, but it's it's three to five dollars because like who, who's who's gonna be so mad at that? We were looking at betting odds yesterday, and according to FanDuel, St. Peter's is plus thirty five thousand to win a national championship. Sometimes if you don't if you don't get betting odds all that well, uh, it took me a long time to understand it. Three dollars would net you a little over a thousand. Now, I'm not saying that St. Peter's is going to win the national championship. But if you only put $3 on it... And you get a grand out of it? What's it hurt if you lose? That's what I'm saying. Even with this game, because I believe... That's not even a gallon of gas anymore, people. Like, what what you going to lose? What you going to lose? But keep an eye on this. Shane Holloway, St. Peter's head coach right now, was a star player at Seton Hall. Seton Hall is in need of a new head basketball coach. Also, the reason the Seton Hall hasn't hired a new basketball coach yet, they probably want to talk to Shane Holloway. So keep an eye on that. Holloway might get a, a large payday going from St. Peter's to Seton Hall. We'll take a timeout right here, and when we come back, we'll recap LSU baseball last night, playing late into the night, falling to two to Louisiana Tech, seven to six, at the box. This is the game. One zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. James, what is it? It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There you go. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. And that's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes, like a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood, but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys. And Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Let's talk some LSU fighting Tigers. Number 14 team in America at home at the box last night to take on Louisiana Tech. They fell 7-6 to six in 12 innings. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. 12 innings. This game started at 6.30, I believe. And... Uh, James, I, I laid down in bed probably about 11, 11, 15, and I was scrolling through Twitter, and I get a score update from LSU Baseball, and I said, wait a minute, they're still playing? You know, And you know what's funny? I I, I went to bed at about 8.30. Like I, like, I got home. James is a grandpa. F- fell right asleep, but I woke up at about 12, 12.30. And you couldn't go back to sleep, huh? I couldn't. I didn't go to sleep until about three thirty. Oh Jesus! And then I had to get here early. So morning. what you what you should have done is if you stayed up till three thirty, you could have just stayed up another hour, hour and a half, and come kick it with Ray. No. <laughs> <laughs> he said, 
No. <laughs> not even not even a little bit. No. Looking at the scoring summary, Louisiana Tech getting three in the first, one in the second, two in the ninth, and one in the twelfth. They left 13 runners on base. LSU staying scoreless until the fifth. They get four to tie it. One in the sixth, one in the eighth. And they left 11 on base. Uh, Some key moments in the game. Not a single home run. Which is odd because LSU has been a home run hitting machine. Trey Morgan, K. Doty, Giovanni DiGiacomo, Jordan Thompson, and Gavin Jobert all went to the plate six times. Six times. Trey Morgan going three for six with a double and three RBIs. Dylan Cruz going two for five with a double, a triple, and an RBI. Dugas plating two of the runs for the Tigers. Pitching for the Tigers was not great. It was not great. Will Helmers, their starter, only lasting an inning, giving up five hits, four runs, two walks, two Ks. Trent Vittmeyer was a positive point. Three innings, no hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Uh, Lansville came in two innings. Gervaisi came in two innings. Reiselman came in, three walks, one earned run. Devin Fontenot pitched three innings, three Ks, only one hit. And Ty Floyd getting the decision, one inning, one hit, one run. That had to be the 12th inning sealer. Uh, Ty Floyd getting the loss, going to three and two on the year. Looking at some key statistics for Louisiana Tech. Their pitching, Martinez was their starter, four and a third, five hits, four runs, four earned, two walks, six Ks. Harland going two-thirds innings. Jennings going three, five hits, two runs, one walk, four Ks. And your winner is Krieger, four innings, three hits, no runs, eight, eight strikeouts. He gets the win to improve to 2-1 and one on the season. And looking at LSU, you know, now they're, they're looking at 16-15-6. James, their schedule doesn't get easier. You go to Florida for a weekend series. You've got ULM coming to Baton Rouge, which, you know, say what you want about the Sun Belt, ULM's a good baseball team. No doubt. It it really doesn't get a lot easier because usually when it comes to LSU, the beginning of the schedule, I don't want to say it's cupcake. Oh, it's, it's cupcake. A, but it's a, it's usually easier than they kind of they kind of they kind of easy easy themselves into it I and mean, then dude, play they, SEC. They opened the season against Maine. Yeah. That's and they, cupcake. And, they, and and I think they outscored them like 50, 51 to 15. 51 to 15. I, I thought it was 53 to 10. So Unless okay. I did my math wrong. No, no I, th- I think you I think you're right. I think 51 you are. to 15. Yeah. And then Townsend, Southern, UNO, they had that weekend series against Bethune Cookman. 
Like, dude, that's cupcake. And that, you and see, he, that's and, and with Bethune Cookman, they initially started off. They almost lost that first game. Yeah, they were down like eight to two. But you see, that's part of the problem. And and I've thought this for a long time. If you play too many cupcakes early on, you're not going to be prepared for conference play. Which is why I like the fact that you see Degs in Glasgow and you see Desmo. They're out here scheduling dogs. Scheduling difficult competition to force them to be better early on and get those mistakes out the way. Instead of just having a false confidence in yourself early on. Unfortunately for the Cajuns, the mistakes just haven't gone away. Yeah, they have not thus far. But I I like the idea. I like the way that they're thinking of how they want to approach the season instead of just going easy to start and then having it be difficult to end. I kind of like having it be a a, a challenging schedule to start off, force your players to get better, and if they do step up to the plate, they are able to, at the end of the season, they already know how to face this type of challenge, and they should be able to get past and actually win and get into the tournament and get into playoff scheduling and hopefully be ready to win it all there. Yeah. And, you know, talking about UL, we talked earlier with Jay Walker. You got South Alabama this weekend. And then you've got a weeknight contest against Southeastern and UNO. You got back-to-back weeknight road games. You go to Hammond, and then the Wednesday, you're making up that game that got rained out week before or maybe the week before that. And then you come back home to play Georgia Southern next weekend. And then you've got two games against Tech. You got to... If you're the Cajuns, you need to do very well this weekend and get on the right track because, like Jay Johnson said earlier this week, talking about his team, the season's not going to slow down. So you got to be able to keep up with it, plain and simple. About 15 minutes left in the show. Game hotline is open, 706-0111. And speaking of the game hotline, the Antagonator joins the show. What's going on, Matty? What's going on, man? Hey, why won't the Cajuns play LSU in football? Don't you even start with me. I have said that for years, that <laughs> LSU and UL need to play each other yearly in football. Personally, I think I think the Tigers are scared. No, uh, but... Hudson took the Tigers off the schedule. Oh well, you know. But okay, so so we're we're now two coaches removed from Hudspeth. Why don't we do it again? Well, when does LSU play UL? In football? In baseball. April nineteenth. Cool, I'm ready for that. <laughs> A- April nineteenth in Baton Rouge at six thirty. Yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> this guy. How you like how you like the new job? You know, it's not bad. It's not a bad gig. I mean, getting to, getting to sit here two hours a day and talk sports. I mean, 
you, you can't complain. You're doing a great job, man. I appreciate that. I really do. All right, buddy. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. The Antagonator. This guy. We got more callers. The phone lines are popping. I told y'all that the the show was winding down, and now y'all are y'all just want to get in on the Miguez and Mesh action. I get it. I get it. It's a thirsty Thursday. You just you just want to be a part of the fun. I, I understand. Jules calls into the show. What's going on? Hey, I'm doing well. Hope y'all are too. Uh, LSU ought to play Tulane in football as well. Uh, and if you know, they used to way back when. Yeah, the battle uh, for the Tiger Rack. Till uh, I guess uh, Tulane won a couple of times and didn't go sit well with LSU. Took them off the schedule. Used to play them in basketball as well, and now it's only baseball. But so be it. Hey, uh, I agree with you on uh, the uh, baseball non-conference schedule. Um. It's it's just that these coaches make so much money now, and Will Wade did it in basketball too, uh, as did Johnny Jones. Uh, they don't want to play anybody because they need all the wins they can get because they don't want to lose these high-paying jobs. So uh, that's why they'll schedule Southern University or McNeese uh, and not play uh, – Tulane, LSU doesn't play Tulane in basketball. Uh, I used to do that. That's how I got to see Pistol Pete play in college when he came to New Orleans. That's how we got to see it growing up there. You even saw him play against Loyola, uh, which used to have a D1 uh, basketball program back in the day. So uh, the non-conference, yes, I wish it was more attractive, uh, it, it excites the fans if you have a uh, a game, say in basketball, against a, a team. Uh, Providence or Villanova, play somebody like that. Dale Brown used to do it. I saw LSU play uh, Houston, uh, yep. Olajuwon's freshman year in the Superdome, week yep. ninth game. Uh, he went down and played UNO in the dome one time. Played Villanova at, uh, in UNO's new facility when uh, Kerry Kittles was on the team. So it, it, a much better job could be done. Uh, but like I said, it doesn't appear that it's an offing, unfortunately. Hey, look out. I'm going to send you a sleeper. Uh, watch Arkansas tonight against Gonzaga. Uh, people probably forget Arkansas has got a kid, uh, Van over seven foot three. Played quite a bit last year as a freshman. Hasn't really played this year. I don't know if he's hurt, but uh, they could use him maybe up against uh, Holmgren. You know, not not saying he'll hold his own uh, with Holmgren, but he's uh, tall and skinny, just like uh, Holmgren is. So he could give the kid, uh, you know, some problems. And if Jalen Williams can uh, hold his own with Timmy, hey, watch the Hogs, JT Note. All right, enjoyed it. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate it, Jules. Yeah, you know, you brought up JT Note. Eric Musselman, that 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 fun and run. I just don't know if you can stop Holmgren and Drew Timmy. That's a lot. We're going to come back and wrap it up here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Protect yourself against upsets this March with Bracket Parlay Insurance on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, all customers can get up to $25 back each day if your parlay of three legs or more falls just one leg short. There's no way the NCAA is going to let Coach K and Duke get out of this tournament without at least getting to the Final Four. It's going to be interesting how it goes depending on how the refs call the game. That's all I'm going to say about it. And with parlays, they're just great because you can turn a small bet into a really big payday. If you're new to FanDuel, just sign up with promo code KLWB and then you can bet on the tournament all long. That's the promo code KLWB on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. If exactly one leg falls short, refund is issued as normal drop site credit that expires in seven days. NCAA tournament sportsbook wager only. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Poll question. Favorite sport of the, favorite spark, part of the spring sports season. 41.2% say college baseball. 17% say the NFL offseason. MLB up to 12%. And 29% say March Madness and the NBA postseason. Tomorrow, Apollo Dez joins us to break down some Houston Astros news. Big thanks to our guests, Ali Cassell and Jay Walker. Uh, we'll get you set up for Cajuns baseball and Tigers baseball tomorrow as well. Thank you to the callers. As always, Friday Fun Show tomorrow. It's going to be a fun time, always. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Everybody have a great night. Arkansas and Gonzaga next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.